Hey, welcome back to the Earth Sea Love podcast. I do hope you are keeping well, and this is coming out on the Friday, November the 5th. Um, and that would mean that we've had two episodes out this week, but again, you know, time sensitivity is going on here. Hello and welcome, welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, Cherie Mack. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories, our conversations, interviews, photography, writing and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories and memories which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. The Earth Sea Love Podcast has been made possible by the funding from National Lottery Heritage Fund. 26 is going on and cop 26 the coalition and the global day of action for climate justice reparations we demand them it's happening tomorrow saturday 6 of november people around the world are taking to the streets and marching and demanding change change in our system system that is set up to to the advantage of the few and at the disadvantage of the majority and as we know people of the global majority are black brown and people of color and we have been suffering for decades particularly those within the global south but then also those who are on our doorsteps who are black brown and people of color and they're living in poverty and inequality, inequity, racism, injustices. It's like we've had enough, man. It's time to pay up. Time to pay up. So that is happening tomorrow. I know I'll be taking Miss Ella out 
to um, Newcastle, Newcastle Centre. We'll be doing it safely, masked distance, but we will be marching to show our our support and it's we just need people out there and get people paying attention that's why we're doing it now using cop 26 which happening in glasgow as a vehicle to raise raise amplify our voices i'll be going along next week to the people's summit that has been set up by cop 26 the coalition and it's basically it's the alternative and the much more important discussions and actions that are taking place to alleviate combat work against the climate crisis that we're in and we're getting our information and our knowledge and wisdom from people on the front line indigenous people people who have been fighting climate crisis for decades so this episode is with Kwasaya Smith Gull, who's a city girl in nature, who was a guest in the past on the podcast, but just come back on for this special episode to show how an individual, she's just a young individual, but how she's on this quest to get more inner city people out into nature to heal our people from within getting out she's amazing she's amazing and she's just launched this new online series that you can be watching on youtube and this is a way of reaching the younger generation and just getting them to be tapping into this natural source of healing if we heal ourselves we are in a much better position to be healing this planet and healing others so yeah we talk at length about her recent trip to kenya we talk about her name change we talk also about this series and why it's important to see black people black bodies leading the way in this learning and the knowledge of the landscape and nature enough from me get into this episode and share it man share it you should be sharing all of the Ursula podcast episodes because we are giving you so much beauty and knowledge and you know it's only right that you share it anyway thanks for being here until next time bye for now Morning to you, city girl in nature. Morning. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just a little tired. I don't know why. I mean, I'm not living living a fast life or in the fast lane, but I'm just a bit tired. I think I need to get out. I need to get out. That's what it is. Um, get some fresh air, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Some stretching or something. Some stretching and some meditation um it sounds sounds good definitely (laughs) sounds good but thank you so much for agreeing to come back and talk to the earth sea love podcast i'm thinking we might have 
chatted at the beginning of the year 2021 and your episode which was episode 30 came out in June 2021 but we were talking just before you were going to go off to Kenya since the last time that we've chatted you've had a name change now city girl in nature is still city girl in nature (laughs) but we've had a change of name why I mean it's a personal question but I think it's really significant I think but I could be wrong I just feel like uh, it's where I'm at in life and I just feel like uh, the meaning behind my name is quite significant which it means peace of mind so Mm -hmm. it kind of it's kind of like um, me moving towards that more so, if that makes sense. So that's kind of what the name change is in that sense. It's nothing to do with hating my old name or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally just where I'm at in life and where I'm moving towards, which is peace of mind, essentially. And, and how yeah. do you pronounce it? Quesia. Quesia. Yeah. yeah. Because it reminds me, um, I used to have um, an uncle, Kwesi, and that came from his father who came from Ghana, West Africa. So mm-hmm. when I saw it, that that just totally took me back to, to him and to my heritage in a sense. So did this come about after your trip to Kenya? Tell us, how was your trip to Kenya? Well, not quite from Kenya, but it... Kenya was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, it was my first time going to Africa. I've traveled to like quite a few other countries, but it was my first time going to Africa and it was it was amazing because I was able to be there with locals and that's something I really find important when I do travel to countries because I'm able to see the country for what it is and experience it like in real life rather than like in a touristy way not nothing wrong with that but personally I just like to try to live life as as if I was a Kenyan so when I was there I did learn quite a lot of little Swahili words and also connected a lot with the culture and was waking up at like 5 30 going to the beach and just being in nature there as well just was different and it was something that kind of um enabled me to kind of appreciate I was there for quite a long time as well so it enabled me to also appreciate when I got back here and the nature that's here it it kind of boosted my outlook as well because I lived there as if I was like you know that saying when in Rome acts as the Romans I literally was a Kenyan for like the time I was there and I was as I said I would wake up really early go to the beach but that was normal because the sun was really hot at midday and that wasn't the time to be going to the beach for instance you'd go before the tide comes in and when it's cooler and just those little things but understanding this stuff and how it works with like nature the environment and how how the people and the environment coexist with each other or in a different sense of how it is here. But then when I came back, I remember as well, coming to drive back from Heathrow, looking at all the trees 
that's the first thing that stuck out to, for me. Looking at all the trees, because it had been a change in season, first of all, it was now um, going towards summer. And I was like, wow, these trees are great. Like, because in Kenya, I wasn't seeing any trees like that, for instance. But I came back with a, a new, a fresh eyes and a new appreciation for nature. And it was just another layer to my love and my passion for the outdoors, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's that's beautiful that's beautiful I mean was was Kenya just uh some time away was it with your work how how did it come about why Kenya as well so, so I have um if I have a family uh family friend who I grew up with and um, they were traveling to Kenya and had suggested that I'd I'd come with and kind uh, I agreed to it um, at the time as well, I was actually preparing for the release of Blacks Can't Swim, the sequel. Um, so I kind of, I was kind of stuck there as well, but in Kenya, so, because of obviously the red list and all of that type of stuff. But I managed to get back through going through Turkey. So I managed to go to Turkey as well. And um, yeah, um, Blacks Can't Swim, literally had been released when I had um, come back and the premiere was like not too long after so yeah yeah because I remember we did talk a little bit about the the films you know black like black folk can't swim what reminded me of it was actually the stuff that came out during the Olympics and how Mm -hmm. they were saying about the swim caps that were creating, and I can't remember the name now, but it was specially created to, to protect black people's hair while swimming. Um, mm. And well, the first of all, they came out and said, no, you can't use it. They were saying it was giving you an advantage in the, in the water and not actually acknowledging how the usual swim cap was created for white people so it would fit their head and give them an advantage in the water. So really, you know, it's a case of like not acknowledging the usual standard or norm, how it was a case like this is the standard swim cap. However, it doesn't fit or help everybody's head while they're swimming. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if yeah. you were, if you saw that debate. I know I, I put some links on the Earthsea Love um, website but because people actually stood up and said, no, this is wrong, they reversed the decision. So they could yeah. use the swim cap. Yeah, I did know about it, actually. And um, Ed was actually posting about it quite a lot. I made some videos and stuff. And also um, Alice Deeran is actually someone that was at the Olympics who's part of the Black Swimming Association. So um, yeah. that was... Um, um, moment in history as well for um, us black people I think yeah. so I think it's so I mean you know not to to um, you know make joke but I think it was definitely making waves in a positive yeah. way and actually standing up and voicing against something that has been taken as as the norm and we've just gotten on with it but I don't think we're prepared to do that anymore you know yeah because because it's important even me my hair is cut and 
I've been in the pool recently. Not that the pool is my favourite place, but I've been in the pool and I put a cap on. Yeah. Even though my hair is short, I do know it still has an effect on my hair, being Afro hair. And I don't want to damage my hair, even though it's short still. I just feel that it's important that I do protect it. And you're right to say, it's so uncomfortable as well, like squeezing my head. Like, even though I have barely any hair now, it's just not, yeah. it just doesn't really work for me. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. remember when we were talking the last time you saying that you actually was, was swimming all the time. And your mum was getting that comb through your long hair. And yeah. it was difficult and painful. So I'm with you after getting rid of my, my locks. I don't go to the pool. I swim in the sea. I can't go back to the pool now that, you know, I just swim in the sea. But I don't, I don't actually put a cap on when I'm in the sea. And I actually spend time ducking my head because that helps mm. me climatize to the cold. But also, mm. I do believe in salt water for doing a lot of healing internally and externally. But yeah, so right, but before we move on, like just one thing, you said this was the first time you went to Africa. Yeah. My son went to Africa. He went to Morocco and bless his heart, he brought me back some African earth, yeah? Because he was the first one in our family that had got back to the homeland, in a sense. How was that for you to go to Africa? I mean, I know that your family is from Jamaica and we've got, is it Pakistan as well? You know, people could be listening and saying like, well, what's your connection with Africa? <laughs> you know yeah. why why do you think it was significant to go back to um, yeah of course um because that's where i believe anyway um i'm originally from anyway we we've spread out essentially but that's where we're originally from and that's where our roots come from so that's a big part of who i am even if i'm pakistani and jamaican mm-hmm. i'm african first so that's how I see it and that's why it was significant to me because I've always wanted to go to Africa and just experiencing it was just something that kind of touched me in a in a positive way also because it brought more of a sense of who I am and just seeing like my people there in Kenya and how they're living and living with them like I'm one of them meant a lot to me because I do try to be humble and grateful for what I have. So being there just enhanced that element to me. And yeah, yeah. I think that kind of speaks on my experience of Africa and why I found it important. Yeah, it's a totally, totally different experience to be amongst people that the majority of people that look like you. Mm. Um, but it was that's the in, one interesting thing about Kenya though was that although it was Africa, Kenya is quite interesting because there's a lot of different cultures there in the sense of like there's a lot of Somalians, there's also white people there that are Kenyan, there's also um, Indians, and like it was interesting for me because. When I've gone to Jamaica, it's exactly what you say. Despite like there being purely people, it's still like black 
like probably like 90% or something like that. Mm. Whereas in Kenya, it was interesting that there was all these other people here that weren't necessarily black Kenyans. And I was like, wow, but they still had that same vibe to them. Just like in Jamaica with the coolies or whoever, even white Jamaicans, Chinese Jamaicans, they still had that Kenyan vibe to them. And it was really interesting because I didn't really expect that. That's one thing. I don't like to have expectations when I go into things, but I didn't really expect that there would be like such a vast, like not even majority, just black people. And it was interesting because there's a history behind it as well. Like why all these different people were there. And it was mainly because of stuff like war and having to migrate and job opportunities and stuff like that. So it was deeper than just like, um, for instance, here and the migration stories here, which is like similar in a way, but just a bit different. Um, So it was nice to kind of see that and understand it for what it was also because like the Indians and stuff have been there for like hundreds of years. They've been there for a while, hundreds, I'm sure, um, because there's like generations of them and they're like saying like my grandparents, my grandparents and my, they've been in Africa for, or Kenya especially for quite a long time as well. So it's not like just, it's the same time my grandparents were since and before that they've gone to, but it's just that they went to Kenya rather than coming here. Yeah. So it's quite interesting, that side I of love, things. I love that you've brought that nuanced understanding and appreciation experience of Kenya to the table. Because if we think about it, what we get in the UK is, is Africa through, through the white lens, through a European lens, through an English lens. And it's a case of like, Oh, yeah, it's just the continent of black people, black people who are in poverty and who are actually way, way, way down on the food chain sort of thing. And I'm glad I'm so glad that you've brought your your painting a much fuller and rounded picture of Kenya. And, Mm. you know, what you're saying is like it's like any cosmopolitan country or or city in a sense, there's a mixedness that goes on. Yeah. yeah and it's not just a new a new thing but there's a history to it and there's a yeah. reasoning and understanding to it so thank you for bringing that because you know um you're you're filling my my knowledge about Africa and about Kenya because again I haven't been my family cut off from it and you have to if you're black British you have to actively seek out this this knowledge this history this culture um because it's not it's not available on tap and if you if we do hear it or if we are given a little snippet they're not it's not positive it's not something that um bigs us up or supports our sense of pride in um in our roots so thank you. Thank you for that. Right. So I was just reading a piece in the New York Times and there was a quote in there, Ayana Elizabeth Johnson, who's actually written a book, um, which is called How to Save the Planet. And she was on this podcast. She was saying 
to pick a thing. When we're thinking about climate disaster, the climate crisis, environmental justice, she said, pick a thing. You don't have to do, um, you don't have to try and solve everything because sometimes we get a bit overwhelmed when we think about the climate crisis. But she said, just pick a thing. Are you going to be a recycling person? Are you going to be a water person? You've got to think that when you've picked your thing, that you trust in that other fellow human beings, our neighbours on the planet are picking their thing. So like if you're thinking, I can't do everything, but if I pick my thing and focus on my thing, I'm going to trust that other people are picking their thing, which might be different, might be the same, but they're doing their bit to help alleviate this climate crisis. And I say that your thing that you've picked is your quest to get inner city people to engage more with nature. I say, that's your thing. Am I putting it upon you? Am I putting this label on you? Or is this not true? Is that your thing? That is my thing. That's what um, I, I kind of stand for. And that's been my quest with creating city or nature. And um, yeah, that's what I'm essentially doing, giving back to my community for my love and passion for it. But it's a quest of me getting people to engage with the natural world because nature is essentially um, beneficial on all, all sides of the spectrum from person personal use to us as a collective. Um, it, there's a spectrum of how, how much it can benefit us in different types of ways. So yeah, that is my thing. And bringing that to my people is something I find important. And yeah, that's what also my series is about, essentially, is my journey of this quest. Um, I'm not sure if you've been watching it. Or... Yeah, I was just going to get to that contact that I've had with you. I see you before Kenya and I see you after Kenya. And I see you come out with this online series, out the out, outdoor series, and these are, for me, these are professional produced films. Yeah, we've got we've got banging music that goes with it. Yeah, we've got awesome interviews. We've got knowledge that you're sharing. Yeah, and for me, I see this as you going to a another and a different level you're saying you're using quest here and quest for me is always associated with the hero's journey or as I like to say the heroine's journey yeah and it's when you know you've got you're going out on your on this quest which is an adventure it's a journey a case of like something's wrong at the beginning and you go through all these trials and tribulations and and to get to this point of knowing yourself more and fuller but what you're doing for me is that you've been doing this in a public realm so you coming out with this outdoor series which is on youtube everybody is i just think is like boom yeah i have found my voice mm. but a case of like i'm not using it for myself you're you as you said you're using it for the community you have 
this passion. You found out nature. Nature is the cure. Nature is healing. Nature is our birthright. And you're thinking, you're looking around in a city, in a city, London, Deptford. Yeah. And you're saying, oh my gosh, we're missing this tip. Black people, mm-hmm. we are missing this tip. So you are working now really, really hard to get more people out of the inner city or out, not even out of inner city, to look at the inner city with new eyes. Now, is this is this correct or is it, or have I just got it all wrong? So, yeah, it is about giving that new lens to people as well um, for them to understand, like, there's so much elements that we're missing and, well, missing, but, like, I'd say probably just not understanding. I think it comes from a place of not understanding that this is a space for us and it's a place where we should be actually accessing and and we should be doing actively that's why so far some of the um, episodes I've released already is for instance my first one was the perspective of like the mandem and like the boys that are like growing up in inner city and how they kind of view things and then we go on to like my dad who's actually speaks about from a parent's perspective and his own experience as well as a child and what what he experienced because that is also another layer and elemental why some of us don't feel like it's a space for us because we haven't necessarily experienced um outdoorsy stuff uh he spoke about me and him going to parks and stuff growing up but some people i know haven't even gone out to the park like with family as a regular thing um and that's sad to say, but that's some of the realities of some people that I know and probably some people that I don't know as well. So just giving people that new lens and understanding of different layers of how to get outside, how to engage with the natural world, what to kind of do, and just trying to share this knowledge, as you said, um, to try to like enable people to then understand that this is something I can just do. You don't need to go abroad as well. That's another key point of the um, series is about understanding what's local to you, what's, what's not that much of a drive or a train journey away from you. So it's just about understanding that element to it too, because I understand that not everyone has the facilities, not facilities or the um, financial status to travel abroad or even pay like know what to do passports etc and some people are too young to even travel by themselves or do certain things or that type of stuff so I'm just trying to make it a like um inclusive to everyone and make them know that these stuff is well free you don't even need to pay to go outside like it's just having this new knowledge and understanding and interest because it is very interesting like the episode I dropped yesterday which was um, identifying plants in urban sports. Um, I was actually in a sports cage, but just locally to me, there was so much plants and things growing around me and referring to my sources enabled me to then kind of understand like, wow, and read the knowledge about, wow, this helps with iron intake or wow, this helps with um, like self seeds like just these different these different um knowledge acquiring this different knowledge like brings a new perspective on all of this engagement with nature and further episodes to come that I will be releasing will have different elements of like how to engage with the natural world because sometimes it's not just like getting outside 
So, yeah. Yeah. And um, I've got to thank you. I've got to thank you. I, I was watching um, the recent episode about plant identification. And for me, you know, I'm, I'm nearing 50, but it was an inspiration for me in so many different levels. I mean, you're young, right? But what was important was seeing this and hearing this episode, hearing your voice and seeing your brown finger in <laughs> those books, pointing out the names of these plants. I mean, when you, common gorse, I love gorse, right? <laughs> um, I love the, I love the, I love the smell, coconut. Mm -hmm. And I've even tried making tea with the flowers. Yeah, it wasn't very nice, but you know, it's the quiet <laughs> taste. Yeah, it's an, it's an out there. It's an alien sort of, a sort of being, a sort of knowledge. Um, for me, it has been for a while, but to have this presented to me by somebody that I can recognize, you know, just by with that brown finger, you know, it's, 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 for me, it's revolutionary. It's revolutionary. Um, and it's just a case of like, I want more. I want more because what you are doing is giving me knowledge, but you're also giving me permission. You're giving mm. me permission to go out there and spot, oh my gosh, that's the Welsh pop hair. Oh, look, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're giving me the tools to be at one with nature. And I've got to thank you. I've got to thank you for that. For me, it's been, I say about a connection to nature, but there's also been, it's, we're still in that disconnection. And in that first episode, and it was Tahib, he was saying, you know, he goes riding, far, far riding, right? But he was saying, brought up in Nigeria. He was out all the time. It wasn't, it was just like, I want to say second nature, but that was life. And mm -hmm. then to get here, he sees that it's that contrast between cultures. And what we're saying, you know, what you said about your dad is that we've got, um, we've had that migration here. And what we've done is left those rural, that, that part of nature, which is just part of our whole being to come to another place where there has been that disconnection and we've got mm -hmm. subsequent generations that have grown up with no connection. So it's got to the point that we've got that narrative. Oh, you know, black people don't do nature. Yeah. And I think what we're working to do now, and I think what you're doing with your series and what I'm doing with my work and loads of people that I've come to having conversations with is to recognize that disconnection and to mend to mend it so we can get back to nature in so many different ways. Just the idea of it's not weird. It's not alien. It's like from time, from time, we've, yeah. we've been with the land. I mean, I don't know if there's a question there, but I see for me, it's become like there's a connection and a disconnection and it's how we're acknowledging them and we're working with and against them in a, in a certain way. So you're mm. saying that you've got more episodes coming down the line what you're going to focus on I can't tell you that <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah. tell is you it, what I'm going to be focused is it a case of um it's it's top secret and you 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 need to keep that anticipation going or I mean like no. okay you can't tell me you can't tell me so tell me how's been the response to this this scene well funny enough from the intro 
some people I know actually use that. My friend in America, for instance, that when can I come on it? Like, because also I recognize that this is not just a UK thing. It's also probably with my American people then too. They're probably feeling the same thing there. Although I do see a lot of outdoorsy stuff from people in America, which started before us here. But I do know in their inner cities still, there is still probably that's still that disconnect to an extent with with the natural world so I recognize that also um the feedback's been amazing and I've been truly like humble and grateful for all of it and it's it was quite amazing to see in fact because essentially this is my real life passion and it is something I really care about and just to see how people are reacting to something that I truly believe is important um it's interesting for me to see and I'm happy that it's actually benefiting people from what I'm hearing from like my feedback I've been getting and the get engagement as well and the support that I've been getting and it's I'm really honestly humbled and grateful because it's something that I find really important and I just want to spread that with whoever I can and even people with that um, aren't too keen but have an interest so like, I'll keep coming back to see what else there is. Those are the people that I'm even more grateful for because it's like I'm giving them, like you said, a tool in a sense for them to use for themselves. And that's essentially what it's about. I, I don't want to keep this to myself. And I'm, I am still learning myself. That's a key aspect of it all as well because I'm on this journey and it's just about this series is following my journey so far, essentially. But at the same time, I am still learning. I am still a beginner. I am still new to this world, fairly new. Mm. In comparison to some of the audience I've been even engaging with and people that have been reaching out to me, professionals, for instance, that they've already been in this world, in a sense, for a long time, or they have a certain amount of experience. My experience only comes off the back of me going on an expedition for three weeks, which was essentially a life-changing experience for me which then brought me to where I am now but I realized it's all about me then giving that back because that's how I can help others I have said previously about in other videos or things that I've been involved in I've had a passion for helping other people through other things that I've done in my previous lives football coaching etc etc it's always been a passion my passion to kind of engage with people and share my knowledge or experience with them but I never really understood what helping people was and for me I just understand now that it's more about being an example rather than actually physically helping someone because being an example is what people will then follow especially in this day and age it's all about following and probably in a negative way this like clout chasing is what they kind of call it nowadays and I just feel that I want to be the change I'd like to see in the world. And that is essentially why I do what I do in order to give that positive outlook to other people as well and enable them to then embody that force or energy, if you want to say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when you're talking now, I'm just thinking trailblazer. That's, I think you should take that on, you know, 
being an example, be a positive role model. And it is, it's a trail, you're trailblazing. And you mentioned those three weeks and it was in the Peruvian rainforest. This was a life-changing experience for you. I will come into the end, near the end here. And I just want to know what have you got planned about being out there yourself? Because I saw that you've taken some women out and you were doing some foraging. I've seen that you've been walking. I might have been recently with Black Girls Hike. That's the other, that's the other thing to do. You're not just online, you know, meeting and catering to a young audience online, but you're actually physically also getting out there with groups. Yeah. We are coming out. We are out of lockdown in a certain extent for me been taking people out it's changed slightly in in numbers and how we get out there and what we do so are you physically out there now so currently moving forward my main focus is releasing the online series I have quite a lot of content still to come which is exciting um but it's all about essentially the main thing what we've already spoken about which is bringing the community back into the natural world and like making them understand that and this quest in this journey. Um, what I'm actually doing right now is volunteering. So something that I engage in every week is volunteering at two places so far. Um, one is like a edible forest garden and one is a farm. So I've been volunteering there to upskill myself, to acquire that knowledge. So although I am sharing knowledge, as I said, I am still learning. And I find that really important because um, I'm that type of person. I don't like to just, I like to practice what I preach in a sense. And the more that I acquire is the more that I can give other people also. So yeah, I've been upping my skills with my volunteering. Um, the edible forest garden is way different to the farm, for instance but just learning different things about like propagating plants. I didn't even know what that was before. And like just understanding save for seed and stuff like that, which is all different elements of understanding um, nature outdoors. And it's just another layer of what I'm trying to do as well, because as I said, it's so important to acquire these skills to then pass them on because city girl nature is a wide spectrum of different things. Um, from foraging as you've seen right down to just understanding the importance of the elements around us so it varies as well it's not just one specific thing as well and I hope for it to grow much more along this journey but right now currently the focus is all about like the, my quest in a sense in my online series but my commitment to volunteering is what I'm doing right now and also yes um I have recently, I just, the weekend, I just went on with Black Girl Hike to the Lake District. It's my second national park that I've been to. Um, one of the, the first one will be featured in my series, in fact, at some point. Um, surprise, surprise, the way it will be, what national park it will be. But I've been to the Lake District now, so that was great as well to be down there, especially with such empowering and beautiful women that I got to learn and listen and share also with because they were like so inspiring. There were different ages as well. And it was just an amazing experience. And I wouldn't have wanted to go to the Lake District and have any other experience than what I did this weekend. And to, uh, I got to obviously the week, the week just gone as well. 
I got to um, do a shoot with Rianne, who's the founder of um, Black Girl Hike, um, which she invited me down to do a shoot with her for an Adidas jacket. So that was cool for me to finally meet her in person as well, um, which she actually will be featured in my series as well. So to actually meet her, because we had a Zoom for our one, and to actually meet her in person was um, amazing as well because we've been, both been supporting one another um, and seeing her in person and then getting to spend a weekend with her and many other women um, was amazing as well. So all of this is all experience that I'm then going to share, which um, I hopefully have something in the woodworks about sharing these stuff that I'm experiencing as well like my volunteering weekly and stuff, because I do like to journal. So um, possibly have something come in there with sharing that that kind of experience with everyone else moving forward, which yeah. is all part of it. And yeah, that's what I'm currently focusing on right now. And it's been a bit difficult as well, because a few people have been reaching out to me with like their wonderful projects and stuff. and it's a lot like with climate change and stuff like that which I do understand the importance of it but I've been having to like not turn people down but let them know my focus right now is currently because I've heard of COP26 yeah, yeah. Um, loads of people have been like telling me about it because I'm as I said I'm new to all of this and so I thought wow this is something new and, and loads of people are obviously doing a lot of work around it so I've had to kind of emphasize is that, as I said, been a bit difficult to like emphasize to some people like where my focus is at. Although it does in, interlink, I do want to like to to stay focused. Current focuses in that sense. So yeah, it's been it's been really good, and I'm excited for the journey moving forward and sharing it with everyone. And um, you know what you've expressed there is a lot of wisdom. Um, Because that COP26 is happening in November in Glasgow. Okay, that's that's one event. But I think what's important is what you're doing in the day to day and working, volunteering at this edible edible forest and the farm is definitely upskilling, but it's also contributing to current knowledge or current practices and seeing how we can actually work more in harmony with nature you know it's all about land landscape use and alternative landscapes use and it does come down to who owns the land and what they're doing to the land which has a much more damaging effect on the climate than if I'm recycling plastic bottles you're working at a level where it's not it's not a performative thing it's not a case of like all eyes on you and what you're doing it's a case of like you know what we're saying you're doing it on an everyday level and you're sharing what you're doing because you're not just doing it from a personal point of view oh yeah I like to be out in nature but you're thinking about the community and how the community can benefit from being with nature but then also what we can do as a community to support and heal nature in the process mm-hmm. we're healing ourselves but at the same time we're thinking we need to also step up and heal nature try and solve the climate crisis that we're in so please do not 
put yourself down or belittle what you're doing because you're doing the important work. And I thank you for that. And, you know, you're part, you agreed to be part of this special podcast that's coming out with that future landscape program with Northumberland National Park. The Lake District was your second national park. We're not sure what the first one is, but it's coming out in an episode on that outdoor (laughs) series. Well, I just want to extend the invitation to you to come up to Northumberland National Park. You are welcome to come up and walk, walk with us, walk with our women. um, And then, you know, you can take that, that take that national park off off the list. (laughs) But I'm so glad and I, I appreciate that you virtually come to the park today with um sharing your voice and your work and your quest and thank you thank you so so very much and I wish you wish you luck godspeed with everything that you are doing thank you thank you so much and thank you for having me it's been a pleasure as always to be here and to speak with you and share and listen so thank you